Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. This week, Doug Cole of Gaming Ballistic and Zach Goins of World of Game Design join me. While we do our share of rambling, the focus of this episode is the subject of stretch goal strategies for Kickstarter. Done correctly, stretch goals can engage your base and grow the number of backers for your Kickstarter campaign. Sisters and brothers, it's time to board the bullet train and get rambling. Hello, Zach and Doug. Hello, hello. Hello, Jeff. <laughs> we meet again. That's right. So, like a- um, you know, probably next to paper, the rise of paper prices, I think <laughs> the thing that's on my mind is the uh, talking about um, the idea that, that Zach had mentioned a while back was that um, for a Kickstarter, the idea is using stretch goals as a means of I can't remember how you put it, like somebody being, like being on a ride where yeah. you want to take people on a journey mm-hmm. and that there's, you know, should be a, I think in a sense, a strategy rather than just saying, I'll throw a few things here, throw a few things there, I'll throw in some dice and we'll call it a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on, on, a, on a strategy for a Kickstarter for the stretch goals? Yeah, it, it's going to vary from project to project, of course, and, you know, small zines and or projects that are in a very tight budget, you may not have a lot of room for stretch goals. And I know plenty of people uh, that don't mess with stretch goals at all, right? Um, so there's, there's, there's more than one way to skin this cat, but um, there is something to be said for the Kickstarter uh, and especially the stretch goal ride. And really that ride encompasses your whole campaign. And it's the reason why you see creators encouraging smaller runs, smaller campaigns, tighter campaigns. Uh, it's because rides take work. Um, and, and you know, if you have a certain budget or a certain amount of stretch goals that you can do and you, you draw a line in the sand and you say, we can't go any further than this, well, then you know that your ride is only can only be 10 days long or whatever, right? Um, it, it can't sustain a full 40-day track. Uh, the main thing that you want to avoid, in my opinion, is a campaign that stagnates for long periods of time. It just goes flat and there's nothing happening. Um, at, those are just wasted days in my book. So when I talk about uh, a stretch goal ride, it's really about thinking... What is my core product? That's question number one. And then what do I think my audience is going to be most excited for after that core product is achieved, right? So that is going to vary from product to product. Sometimes it is dice, like you say. Um, Sometimes it's, uh, you know, new player options or it's more monsters if you're doing a monster book or it's, you know, X, Y, or Z. But Really, it's about guessing right on what your what your backers are going to get excited about and what's going to generate that conversation, that that those comments in the comment section, because uh, again, that feeds the Kickstarter algorithms and it gets people excited about your project. When people come to your project, they also see activity, and activity means that they're more likely to purchase because they feel like there's something here that it's, people are excited about. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's really about that mindset, and then also, um, kind of along with that, and I'm kind of doing an overview, and we can dive down a little bit deeper. But along the way, I also think that it's help 
helpful or healthy to a give yourself a, a really good uh, uh, pathway for success by really having an idea for what your Kickstarter is going to do monetarily. Um, obviously, it's a huge win if you blow past your expectations. But if you kind of know, I think this is going to be a $10,000 Kickstarter, $30,000 Kickstarter, then you can kind of build the stretch goals to emulate and, and drop at the right times. And the big thing that I like is, uh, you know, kind of spacing out those bigger reveal stretch goals, those little, you know, oh, we have an expansion book or, oh, we got dice or minis or whatever, like, or maybe whatever that might be for you and your campaign, you know, you don't want to put those back to back to back. You want to space them out throughout your campaign because those are the most likely things to be talked about. Um, So maybe every three days, every five days, we're unlocking something that if nothing else got people talking, hopefully this will. I'm just saying, my daughter's talking. Uh, so, I, you know, I think the thing is, it was, to me, what's interesting is there's there's two ways of looking at this. There's one is, you know, what if you have your product already done? Mm-hmm. And then, like, for instance, it's kind of like Raw Matt, let's say Fame of Fly God, uh, where, you know, I the, there's not going to be, I'm hopefully by the time I put, go to Kickstarter, Dart's done. I mean, I got proof copies in hand is what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, the question, I guess, is, you know, there's those situations. You have one situation where you can say, hey, I already got a base product, which I'm thinking about maybe doing future Kickstarters where you can say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And then for $1,000 past this number, I'm going to do another page of art, another one I'm going to do a color cover art. I guess the question also would be, how would you do, how would you strategize for something that you have the, the project itself pretty much cemented? Those are harder, um, but they're not impossible. There's two routes to go there. Um, I'm a big fan of once the book is done, it's done. Right? Like, I'm not going to do a kick. When I go to a Kickstarter and I say, hey, the book is written, the book is, the art's done for it. I don't like doing stretch goals to add more writing and more art to the same book because then that just walks back our timeline, right? I could be putting that book into layout, but now all of a sudden, I can't do anything until we hit the last day of the Kickstarter and I see how many of these silly stretch goals we've unlocked, right? Um, So I don't like doing that if I can help it. Um, One thing that I really like thinking about is what are my add-on products or my, my, or things that I can add to this, right? Um, And with zines, we have a lot of options uh, because zines are already small. And so any sort of an add-on feels like a big deal. Um, you know, and when you go up in products, um, and go up in size, you can add more things, but like with a zine, you could say, okay, well, I'm not going to add to the book, but I could do a sticker or I could do a patch. If your mothership stuff, patches are big deals, or I could do, um, you know, I could do a rack card or a trifold or, you know, all of these things that I can put together that are extra pieces. Um, and I can offer digital product, right? I can say, oh, we unlocked a stretch goal. Uh, that stretch goal was, um, you know, I'm going to put together a little encounter. I have this monster manual that I'm putting out. I'm looking at Doug when I say this because I know he's he's, <laughs> he's plowing through. But, um, you know, I've got this monster manual that I'm putting out and this bestiary. And I'm going to, you know, every $2,000, I'm going to write an encounter for one type of creature in this book. I'm going to release it in PDF just so you have something to use. 
dude, your 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 backers are gonna love that. They're gonna adore that, and that's really no more art for you because you're just gonna pull the art from the bestiary and drop it into the encounter. You're gonna use the same layout template, uh, so you're really just writing an encounter, um, and that can be really useful. The other thing you can do is lie, <laughs> um, which sounds silly, but uh, I've pulled some of our communities and. The community doesn't, their, their, their clear statement is, we don't care. Now, that might not be true for everybody, but they want a ride. That's, when I say the idea of ride, that's a word that the community has told me and, and, and informed me about, not my new word being put on them. Um, they want a fun Kickstarter experience. They want stuff happening, and they want things unlocked, and they want reveals, and they want announcements. And they know that you probably planned 16 of those in advance. And they know that, especially with these big Kickstarters, that like 70% of the unlocks were already planned to be in the book. They knew they were going to hit them. Right. So it's, and I lie is the harsh term, but you, you, you wrote out your book and then you stripped 30% out of it to make, to be stretch goals, uh, just to have some excitement in the Kickstarter. And you knew you were going to hit them all. And so you're just adding them back in and done, good to go. Yeah, and I think with uh, Old School Essentials, their Kickstarter, uh, their um, so their stretch goals are adventures, but they're they're going to be PDF. Somebody's asking about putting them to print, and they're like, no, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> you know that that's that's something where it might be crazy because of where we are okay. uh, uh, with paper shortages mm -hmm. and like even mix them. Right. I don't know if you, I mean, if you guys are on Facebook and stuff. Yep. You know, Mixum has gotten exactly. slapped around like a redheaded stepchild these last couple of months uh, because they're they're letting people down. Uh, they're not printing it right. They're, they're the whatever they're doing for outsourcing and quality control does not seem to be terribly effective. So I, I they may have hit. No, I mean, because you know we laughed, but you know I I think that they had it Zach's all going a, on, and, and I think that. <laughs> that they may have been victims of their own success. Like they got so big yeah. that they had to hit so many different little print shops. And now with the shortages all around, things are just bad. <laughs> and, and so they couldn't maintain the quality is what it's looking like. So, so that may be a thing where, no, we're absolutely not going to print is, is simply because all of the go-tos for, I can put together a nice little saddle stitch product mm -hmm lickety split affordably whatever whatever is it's rough right peril. now you're exactly right, right, right Doug. yeah so, yeah so you know i would i would i'm sitting here being silent on on the stretch goals things because in the back of my mind I, I'm, my my McKin my old mckinsey brain is starting to turn a little bit and i'm trying to think like you know I, I think for a lot of my backers, at least, uh, a lot of them pledge and then leave. And they're like, wake me when it's done uh, so that I can fill out the stupid survey and get my stuff. And they back 500 projects and they don't want to ride. Right. I mean, I've had people contact me saying, now, what Kickstarter are you? Oh, OK, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. But how do I get this done? Um, so, so I, I think that the coming to the creator side of things a little bit, um, I, I think the ride is fun, but ultimately looking at revenue and cost, right? Making a profitable product, 
on the revenue side, you're really looking at number of backers. So things that are stretch goals that will pull new people in mm-hmm. and revenue per backer. Things that are stretch goals that will get people to spend more money on you. And there's your top line, right? Mm-hmm. On the bottom line, what I think that the stretch goals are for are for saying my cost will go to a certain per point. Mm-hmm. But I can spend more if I have more to spend. Oh my God, right? Um, right? And, and so that's, I think the trick is by the, the bottom line type of stretch goal gives a backer more value. You're not charging them more, mm-hmm. but you're saying usually because of more backers, sometimes because of higher uh, input per backer. If you're like, oh, we'll unlock the, the card. To, where's my stupid card deck, right? So here's a, my fantasy trip card deck, right? And which, of course, only the three of us can see because this is a podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. But right, so I have this, this card deck and okay, here's a card deck and I know I'm going to make one. But if we hit the stretch goal, I make two. Yeah. But I'm not selling. I'm not, I'm not giving this away. Yeah. But I have enough money to uh to to make it uh, mm-hmm. and to guarantee that i can afford a print run and whatever whatever um so but you know i think that there's probably uh um three ish types of stretch goals one is the i'm going to reward the group by giving them more value extra pdfs that's a value play you are spending more of your money to make their pledge more worthwhile. Yep. No, no argument. No argument that that's a fun thing, but that is absolutely. If I do this, I am rewarding current backers and hoping to make people who are on the fence come in. And I remember when I did one of my uh, uh, other projects. That was one of these I want it all things. And Steve Jackson Games did the same thing. You know, the I want it all winds up being like $1,000 of stuff for 500 bucks. And you hear people saying, if you are a fan of the system, especially if you're a new fan of this system, how can you not do this? Hmm. Because you'll spend a thousand freaking dollars <laughs> elsewhere to, to get the same material that you're getting in for, for 500. Some of my... Some of my big packages you get, like like the, on this last uh, bestiary thing, all of the print and PDF stuff for the bigger packages was basically the bestiary was full cost. The cards, the new cards were full cost. Everything else was half off, at least. Hmm. Um, you know, so it was getting the print and the PDF at 50% off. So you could get hundreds of hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. So there's a, that's a, a value play, but it's also getting more backers. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have the kind of stretch goal where you say, oh, well, if we do this, we can afford to produce this, but we're going to charge for it and, and cards and expansions, miniatures, God, um, right. I shudder every day. Those are all the things where it's like, you're actually hoping that people throw in more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think overall, I mean, the, ideally they're all reinforcing, right? You can spend more money, which draws in more people, and they drop more money on you, and it's a virtuous circle. But I feel like those are kind of the three kinds of goals. You're either like giving more value, um, enhancing gameplay. 
I mean, everything should enhance gameplay, right? Um, but but like, oh, here's the thing that you can that will enhance gameplay to help get you on board. Here's the thing that you have to pay for to mm-hmm. to that will enhance your gameplay. Both of those are lures into the to, to the top line. But but I would I would in, for, in terms of the ride and the story and what you're trying to do, you know, cool dice. Um, I, I'm always wary about that because unless you have a game that's based on dice, right. you've just kicked yourself out of media mail. Yeah, which is a ter- by and large a terrible plan, uh, unless you're already there. Unless you're already there. But like, if you have a zine and you're like, "Oh, I'll add dice," you've right. just probably doubled your shipping cost. Yeah. And so it, it it's right. There's a whole there's a whole freaking discussion to talk about when you're talking about thinking about shipping costs for your game. And and right. by the way, the I, I would say and yell at me, Doug, if you feel differently or 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 Jeff. But right now, the fast answer to that is please don't charge for shipping during your campaign because. Lord knows it's going to shoot you in the foot when you're ready to print for four months from now and shipping's gone up buck oh. 50 a it, package. It, it could. I, I think the, the, I think that's super duper true. If you plan on doing stuff, uh, uh, the, the media mail, um, prices usually don't go up that much, mm-hmm. uh, all at one time. Fifty cents or a dollar, but but by and large, especially if you're doing that sort of cost plus two bucks, postage plus two bucks rule of thumb that I I really see even in the professionals, right? It's it's, it's uh like a lot of the fulfillment houses are postage plus somewhere between fifty cents and a dollar fifty for a box mm-hmm. or an envelope or whatever, and then two dollars of handling fees, and then you sweep a lot under the rug there. Um, so most frequently it's it's postage plus between two dollars and four dollars for for various fees and handling yeah but i think we're also seeing there's also risk too with just paper costs right and 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 printing costs i think that's what you fell into right zach where mixum changed the pricing well yeah the more the more print things you have printed the more that can potentially it's more (laughs) risk that you're incurring yeah i got i got I got the worst end of that stick. Uh, I, I can afford, you know, my my margins are okay to where I can afford, you know, a, a price and a price increase in paper somewhat. But um, what I can't afford is for uh, us to be at print day. Now we're I've handed it off to the printing company for two weeks, and then they come back and they're like, "Oh, the thing we took your money for for two weeks, and the thing that we've been telling you we're working on, we actually haven't started it, and we're not going to start it. And here's your money back. Uh, you need to find somebody else." That's oh wow! That's the uh, <laughs> that's the frustrating conversation. Um, yeah, I, I, stretch goals. So, so are, I guess I yeah. mean just to just just from yeah. a stretch goal perspective, from just to to keep yeah, yeah. myself on target as well. If we're talking about stretch goals, you know, I I think that the the thing about a stretch goal, like if you're doing if you're doing a zine as an example, that starts relatively small. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, but I could do an extra page or an extra 10 pages or an extra 50 pages, depending on what you're scheduled, right? I have so much content that I could do more. <laughs> um, then you get into the kind of thing where uh, you can play that game. And it's not really the lie that you were talking about, but it's I have more content 
mm-hmm. then I really want to put in there. Like, you know, if four if four hundred people jump in um for for five dollars mm-hmm. um and it's two thousand dollars, well I, I certainly can spend a thousand to right so that way I'm spending a thousand, I have a thousand left over, but what that does is it pays for my next zine at a thousand. Mm-hmm. Right. So so then you can get that one ready and, and, and do the rolling thing. Um, if it's I have lots and lots and lots of content and at four hundred dollars, I can spend a thousand. But at this much more without raising the price of the zine, I can do I can do more. Right. Yeah. Um, then then you have a case where. Um, and this is what Steve Jackson Games does to drive up their back account on a lot of their uh like their pdf challenge and stuff they're like we're going to start with this many pdfs for five dollars and that can jump to two and three and four and ten right you start with like two or three files for your pledge Mm -hmm. and if you raise a certain amount of money you're up to all 12 for that same pledge Mm -hmm. um now the reason there are two reasons why they can do that first of all they do have them all written all to start yeah. Uh, and so that they know what they're getting into, that cost is already sunk. Um, but they have, uh, first of all, there's there's a, hey, can we get to this next one? But also they have a bazillion product long back catalog. And and they're <laughs> counting on the money coming from people spending into that back catalog. I, I may not care my, yeah, I won't, you know, I can't get the, the, you know, the ten dollars of the zine or the the files gets me the files, but I'm going to drop two hundred bucks on a pyramid back issue that is a good deal. Or I I missed something else, and so mm-hmm. you know I'm going to spend money on that. Um, and so you're not you're you're buying money on things that already exist. Yeah. So if you have a back catalog, this kind of value where oh well you know you can throw an extra fifty bucks into the five dollar zine and get five hundred dollars worth of pdfs yeah that that's I where have, right. you know and that's where a back catalog sometimes takes a while, a while to get to that point but that's definitely one one way of doing that is managing a back catalog what are your thoughts zach well i was just <clears throat> so as we're talking here and and i'm thinking about stretch goals and 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 as doug was talking about um uh you know, when you have that extra content and you have a net more budget to play with, that that I really wanted to jump on for a second because, you know, part of the the danger of the ride is you getting on the ride, right? Yes. Um, um, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. The right. stretch goals are not there for you to get excited about. You should already know, like like my rule is. Uh, and 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 I I break that rule to my own detriment every time is I don't put anything on the stretch goals unless it's been thoroughly budgeted, and then you add extra cost and extra time, right? And right. and really ninety nine percent of the time your stretch goals should also be budgeted into your estimated delivery date. So if you say, hey, I'm kicking out my digital product in November, that should probably include all of your stretch goal content as well. Unless you're going to be super clear, and I've seen a few Kickstarters that have done this well, but unless you're going to be super clear that, hey, stretch goals come later. But even then, you're going to get 5, 10, 15% of your user base where you kick out your main core content in November and they're knocking on your door 
on December and January and February being like, oh, I'm, you know, where's my add-on? And you're like, it's coming. It's, I said April from the beginning, but now you have to do all this upkeep. Um, it's super dangerous. You're, you're going to get yourself shot in the foot. If you, you know, you're halfway through the campaign and you're like, oh, I got $5,000 more than I thought I would. I'm going to throw an unlocked here. Let me give you the worst example, a t-shirt at 5,000. You're going to die. Even if it's just an add-on at a t-shirt, like, like you're going to lose all your money. It's going to be the worst. You're going to, it's going to be a massive, massive headache. Um, the ride is not for you. It's not for your team. You should not be, I mean, it's great that you're unlocking stretch goals because that means you're making money, but, but in, in the back of your mind, stretch goals should just be a checklist that you were already prepared for. You already know the steps that you're going to take. It should not be a great, we unlocked it. Now, how do we do this? Um, those are those are the scary, scary sides of 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 this conversation. You know, I think what was interesting about the the view of old school essentials. I'm just going to speak for them because yeah, I don't know anything about them. I don't know the people. I'm just going to take what I think. But the, this one I was reading. But the uh, I'll I'll take that hubris. Uh, the um, is everybody that's right now. In the Kickstarter for the old school essentials is just they're merely mainly for the books, right? I think you're, so. it, but they have add-ons that they're doing these adventures. But really, everybody just wants the books, and so what their add-ons are do not, like you mentioned before, they do not risk the shipment of the core thing, which is the book. Mm-hmm. They and don't risk is, the. Sh- think, they don't risk the right. shipment. And the other thing that's great about these digital things that they're doing is they're just committing to making more content for you. Yeah. And honestly, like Doug said, they're probably already already written. It's it, they just need to go to layout, maybe they need some artwork like they're they're in upstage. Like when they say I'm looking at old school essentials here when they say, "Oh, at 200,000 we're going to do Beastmaster, at 210,000 we're going to do a Dragonborn uh class race." Like they knew they were going to hit those numbers, right? They knew they were probably going to hit them in day 1, would be my guess. And they already had an idea of what that was going to be, right? Bare minimum, right. they kind of knew this is the scope. We have the person picked out. You know, they're committed to the timelines. That's the bare minimum would be my hope. Um, and and so- well, I guess to clarify, I was speaking. I guess I did generalize. I'm speaking like the adventures that they're adding on. Mm. Yeah, but because it's because it's PDF delivery. There's no. Um... So I'm I'm looking at this right now as I'm moving stuff start to, starting to ponder moving things all over the world to move into the, the physical fulfillment stage. Um, digital is easy. I I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean yeah. it's a good way, right? It, it it doesn't have to be synchronous, right? If if I have some cool stretch goals and I'm like Jeff, you write one. Zach, you write one, and I'll write one. You know, I'll be like, okay, when it's ready, we'll email it out. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to do anything. I, I mean, I, I just <laughs> pop it up in the backer kit or throw it up on a drive-through and do the segmentation and email it out and boom, done. And if you're like, oh crap, I have a spelling error on the back of the cover, um, then you upload the file and boom, yeah. done, right? I mean, it, it's no big deal. Um, and and so from that perspective, uh, the timing of the stretch goals becomes less critical yep. because they can get sent out when they're ready uh, and you just warn people say look as we achieve these stretch goals each of them is on their own schedule it's been a turvy topsy world for the last couple of years so yeah we're going to try and get these to you 
right. you know, within three months. But if we don't, you'll get them eventually, right? Yeah. Um, and don't but worry. I, but I think the but I think the main yeah. thing if they offer like if they unlock like say six adventures, and they're gonna be PDFs, you really are probably not gonna be. You're gonna look forward to them, but you're not gonna be like, "Where's my third adventure?" You know what I mean? You're not going to be not, aggravated. You might not, and Doug might not, okay. and mine might not. <laughs> But there's a percentage. I'm not saying that it's even a high percentage, but there's a percentage of your back. It doesn't that will. have to be. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't have to be. Those guys are really, really loud. But you're right. I, like, I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing the emails that I get sometimes even about, uh, uh, like I'll get an email saying like, you know, why isn't Steve Jackson games doing this? I'm like, how the, f- am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Uh, just, uh, I'll just, I'll just fine say answer. beep while you speak. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you know, so I was like, how, how the frack do I know? Do I look like, I'm not Steve Jackson game. I license their rules. Mm-hmm. Don't send me an email bitching about why they're not doing vehicles or some stuff like that. I don't, I don't do it. It's not me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you're why, what, you know, why aren't you doing, uh, why, why is this dungeon fantasy role playing it? Cause that's what I'm allowed to do. <laughs> Yeah. One you here's my contract. This is I can do this. I can't do this other thing. Um or whatever. And and so but it's 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 it can get really people get really uh yeah. uh wrapped around the axle about certain things and and honestly I've started taking a page from a certain extent uh from from Phil Reed who mm-hmm. who is a little bit more uh, draconian about this than, than I tend to be. But basically, he's like, you've got two choices here. You can have your money back and go away, <laughs> or you can be like the other 95% of the people and chill out as reality sorts itself out. Yeah, Those are you two, two, two choices. <laughs> but my mental, my, my mental uh, 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 happiness here is not going to be spent on appeasing you. Yeah. Right. Especially <laughs> if you've been clear about pricing or shipping or whatever, right. like the biggest one is if you plan on doing internet or the biggest, one of the big ones is when you say over and over and over and over again, that you are not responsible for other countries tax policy, <laughs> nor are you responsible for fees and customs and blah, blah, blah. I am sending you this book and it is up to you to collect it and pay whatever because, yeah. you know, I ain't got time for that or I don't have money for that or I can't. And, and it's a great way to lose money is to try and wrap that into your shipping. And we'll see how well I do on my 100 orders for international that are costing me probably, I've got about $4,000 budgeted for those orders. Uh, as opposed to my other 500 <laughs> orders or 400 orders, which are four or $3,000 yeah. or 385 or so. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally more expensive for the hundred international oh, yeah. orders. Um, and some of those are going to the UK, which are relatively inexpensive once you get product to the UK, but almost certainly someone is going to email me and saying my government or my courier is holding my book hostage for fifty dollars, and I paid shipping. And I, I'm sorry, no. I mean, this is this is you were warned, 
that yeah. shipping is a mess and you're responsible for back end. And I, you, you could offer, you just tell them to give you the, the, the name of their postmaster general and then you'll personally <laughs> call them and say, tis, tis. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so let, let, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's never do that. Let, um, but, but no, but that's the thing is, is that is, is the, 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 uh, yeah, as long if you you have to be clear at what you're going to be giving when you're going to be giving it and then you have to say and this is what it's going to be yeah um and if someone says well i feel that well what do you mean that my physical only pledge doesn't include a free copy with the pdf a free pdf i was like well it says physical only <laughs> your you know reading comprehension is not my problem right <laughs> You especially if it's really clear. Doug, you need that on a T-shirt. That's yeah, it. right. We, um, well, I know really it, well yeah, it's available on stickers, but yeah. but I mean, I mean, you know, to a certain extent, you know, you want to be, you know, you don't want to burn political capital being a, 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 a Sir Richard. Um, you you need to uh, say what you're going to do and do what you're going to say, but you know, I got I got a, a weird Kickstarter email saying hey what was it that i ordered and and where's my stuff and what does the email say it says not a backer yeah i love i bet i get one and, of those and, right, not a great. backer where's my stuff but he's not a backer and then i go on to backer kit and pop the email in there and that lets me search anyone who has ever gone through any campaign of mine through backer kit which is like all of them but the first one and he's not even in the records anywhere so it's a pure scam I think there's you also, that too, Zach? I, well, I, yeah. And, and I think like, sometimes I, sometimes I've chatted with people who send this out and I'm like, you didn't even back a physical book or like, you're asking if, you right. know, if you need to update your shipping address, I'm like, you just backed the digital, co or, you know, it's all these different things. Right. And, right. and a lot of times what I get is, oh, I moved and I just sent out a mass email to, or like just every single Kickstarter that I had in my list, I just sent out an email to, I'm like, well, that thanks for uh, taking 10 minutes out of my day, but right. I'm glad we resolved this. Um, yeah. I, the other thing that I was thinking about though, uh, that I, I would bring to this stretch goal conversation, because I think this is also a really hard part of the ride. I'm going to use an example project here that I love and I'm really excited for. So this is, uh, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm talking these people up, um, but the Zweihander, uh, starter set that just uh, oh, sure. got launched um, and just funded. Um, so their stretch goals, I think um, a lot of them were for physical product being added to their box set, right? They're adding tarot card sized cards. They're added, they're adding uh, card stock maps. They customize the D sixes. Obviously they budgeted all that, right? They, they, they didn't make a box set that, that they were going to lose money on, but, um, or at least we'll cross our fingers. Um, but my question is, cause I've seen it on both sides of the fence, right? <clears throat> How, uh, what is the value on day one and making sure that you don't, you don't, you know, gut your value on day one by loading up stretch goals. Um, I don't think that they did that here. I think they actually did a really nice balance. I would point towards them for being somebody who you could look at and say they did a good job uh, with with how they did that. Um, but if you if you say, well, I'm going to do a bare bones product and then I'm going to stretch goal it out. Well, make sure the value for your bare bones product is still on point. Um, yeah. And that's sometimes a hard choice <laughs> to make because 
if you if you can, you really want, like Doug's been saying, a, in a, a really good value on day one because all the eyes are on your project on day one, day two. If you're waiting to have your extreme value till day 14, you've lost a large percentage of your eyes at that point. They've either committed or they've not, and they're probably not coming back to find out that, oh, all of a sudden the value isn't your, you know, your $10 product isn't worth 20 bucks. Now it's worth 35. They don't know that they never will. You've lost them. Um, so you need that early value, but then you also got to have, you got to add value along the way and that keeps your excitement up. I think though, that I would encourage people, um, to make sure that the day one value is way more important than the added stretch goal value, especially for physical content or stuff that's added to physical product. You want all of that in the beginning. If you can, there's, yeah, there's, I know for, there's, oh, go, go ahead. Sorry, oh, go ahead. I say with old school essentials, I'll just keep going because they're not the latest. I was going to back. <laughs> I just there's, I have the rules tome, and then I realized somebody explained to me actually, uh, um, Dan Wilson did that. What I did was the advanced stuff to go with it. So, mm. so I was just going to get that, and then I and it was first day. It's like, oh, you get a T-shirt. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, day one, I'll just go ahead and sign up for it now. But then I saw that if I were to get them, you know, I was like $10 off for, um, I think if you just bought one set, but if you bought both sets, it was like, I don't know, like $30 off. So it was like, <laughs> I really wasn't even intending to buy it. But that first day value was so high, I couldn't say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you want a compelling product, I think... <clears throat> Ultimately, so so let's let's bring this back around a little bit. If you have a concrete product like a zine, and mm -hmm. you know what it's going to be, and you know what it is, you need to ask yourself, what can I grow? What's the point in growing this? Right? Either you have a compelling offering sitting there in front of you that you have already spent money on. Maybe you haven't printed it, but let's face it, printing is not the highest cost. It's the art. Full stop, right? It, it, it's the art is the highest cost, usually followed by a tie for words and printing, um, ish. Um, you know, and usually the words are higher. Like in my experience, it's been like 60% pictures, 40% words. And then when you look at 100%, printing is maybe 25 or 30% of that 100, right? So it, you, then you reapportion, right? Um, but it, it, it's, the, the pictures are the most expensive. And if you've already done that, or you're the artist and, and you're, which I am not, um, not unless it's order of the stick. Uh, and even then he's better than me. Um, right. So, so unless you're the artist and, and you're really just reimbursing for your time and you had a good time doing it. And so there's that, uh, uh, you really need to think about if the, uh, extra work involved in going past what is already ready to be put into an envelope is, is a good use of everybody's time. Now, there could be because of the ride, so to speak, if you have an established audience already, if you are like, my existing audience will pay for this, make my profit, and pay for the next project. Don't bother with stretch goals unless you're doing stretch goals like where you've got 12 products 
<laughs> and you're doing the thing where your pledge gets more and more valuable because you're trying to take your existing 500 or 1,000 people and turn that into 1,000 or 2,000 by <clears throat> through a value proposition that requires people to go out and help you recruit. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and that's that's fine, right? Oh, I'm going to either do this all at once or I will release these singly later at full price. So you can get them all now or you can pay through the nose later. Mm -hmm. um, that can work. But uh, I think I've, I've used this, this, this story before, but, you know, it's not rocket science, boy. It's margin times turns, right? That was what the, the, the <laughs> chief financial officer of Bell Helicopter lectured to uh, uh, my uh, Stanford MBA grad uh, partners. Um, you know, just look, this is not rocket science. I don't know. You don't know. You don't need, need to go. He was a deep Texan, deep, deep Texan. You know, you don't need to go to Stanford MBA, Harvard MBA, because it had one of each. Uh, but you don't need to do this for this. It's just margin times turns. The more times you can turn your margin, the better off you are. <laughs> um, and, and that was that was his thing is that, you know, getting an extra few double digit percent number of backers mm. will never be as good for you as doing 12 products instead of three. Mm. <laughs> right. So so if if what you're doing is I'm doing a zine a month, boom, here's one. Here's another one. Here's another one. You got to get them done. That's the most important thing. Short, sweet concrete fulfillment and you don't want to ride you want to pay for it get your money print it out send it out so that you can be staging the next one yep. um now if you're doing three or four big because you know whether because you have a real job or day job or you know i'd like to think that i have a real job but you know <laughs> relative to what i used to do it's not um but if you're going to do a couple projects a year or one project a year um and you want it to be as awesome as possible, but that's it. I have time to do two zines a year or two books a year or whatever. And that's all the time that I have. And if mm. I make money on it, great. If I make a lot of money on it, really great. But that's what I have time for. Then you have time to do the ride. Then you have time to say, well, if this, that, or whatever, whatever, whatever. But if if you're not, looking for a long stream of product for whatever reason um then you probably can say oh well let's see let's see what this becomes yeah and i think there might be opportunities to to add things i'm wondering that aren't that necessarily add much time or cost yeah my favorite and thing that, in the Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Sorry, Jeff. No, no, I'm just, actually, I need to hear what you say. What you say is more important. <laughs> well, uh, I was going to just need your reaction. One of the things that I love to add that doesn't add time or cost that much of either um, is stickers. There's just weirdly odd, oddly high portion of, of the backer audience that loves stickers. Mm. Um, it's weird. I like stickers. I've got a whole drawer full of them. I'm never going to do an add-on for a sticker. But if a product is like, back in the first day and get a sticker, I'm probably back in the first day, right? Like, and But, and, did, but does that add to your media mail? That's, the, that's what scares me. No, um, but that's because it's paper and I'm sliding it into the book and it's done. Yeah, right? technically it does. Technically, yeah. if you put a post-it note or a <laughs> postcard or something into media mail, you're, you're off you're out. Yeah. Uh, now, mostly you're not going to get caught. 
I, I remember I got into a, a Facebook or Twitter or MeWe discussion on this, and I, and I made that point, and someone's like, I have been shipping yeah. CDs or whatever for 10 years with media mail, so with stuff in it. So it's you're wrong. Gamble. And then someone came up. Well, then someone yeah. came on and said, I am a postmaster officer. <laughs> and Doug is right. And you're wrong. Just because you've never been fined or right. just gone up, whatever, doesn't mean what you're doing is not illegal because it is. Yeah. Or you can drive illegal nine miles is the over wrong the speed word, limit. But, and it's okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, I've never there's... been given a ticket for speeding. That doesn't mean that speeding is. So, so, but no, you put anything other than the. It is a very. It's a publicly available, but is a proscript. It's a prescribed list. Anything that is not on that list means that you're supposed to pay full price. Yeah. Now, if people get away with stuff, yeah, sure, all the time. Um, but it's a... if they happen to, but by sending media mail, you give the postmaster uh, permission to open your stuff and look. And really, they really expect you to kind of support Doug here, even as I say you could throw them in. Really, they expect you, if you're going to ship media mail, to walk in with your the bags unsealed, you know, if you've got them in packages or whatnot, so that they can actually, they don't, you don't have to open anything that's already open, and they are going to look through it. Uh, um, so, so as a note, yeah, you want to be careful there. Um, right. I also have come to really love rack cards as physical products or note card adventures. Note card adventures are fun too, but rack cards are just like half sheets of paper on cardstock, right? They're like, so what, what is it like four and a quarter by 11 or four and a quarter by nine and whatever crop down. Um, you can get those really inexpensively, like super cheap, even just for a hundred or 200 of them. And you can say, Oh, this rack card has a whole other little adventure on it. And it's two bucks. You're paying like twenty cents for it. Twenty cents, yeah. yeah. No, that's 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 it's... that's a really the the other thing that I would say uh, here is that there is a class of product, uh, especially in the cards um, and and physical items or punch outs like like poster like yeah. like tokens and and stuff. Uh, there's a class of items that are very inexpensive and easy and mostly generate uh, uh, mostly generated from assets you probably already have, but you need to make a zillion of them. Uh, or, or when I say zillion, 500, 800, 1,000 uh, before the unit cost is, is low enough to make it worthwhile. The, the setup cost is high. The marginal cost is nuts low. Um, and, and so there's a class of product like that um, where once you break through that barrier, mm -hmm. uh, it get it can get very lucrative. And like, so do I have one? I thought I had. Ah, here we go. Um, so those these are these are my counters mm -hmm. um, that uh, that I, I don't like really printing them much anymore because you really do need to make a lot of them. Um, but you know the first the first pack of these uh, is like five or eight dollars each times five, so forty dollar unit cost if you're only making a couple because basically you're paying the prototype cost. But if you make a thousand of them, and I didn't, uh, I usually make a couple of hundred, uh, but the the cost per goes down crazy. Like it can go from like forty dollars for all five of these to four. 
mm-hmm. uh, for all five. And then all of a sudden, your 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 fifty dollar unit, which made you ten bucks, um, probably <laughs> lost you money after you account for shipping and transit. Uh, now all of a sudden, you've got a, a you know a ten x markup. Yeah. Um, or you say, oh, I've got a thousand of these. I'm gonna throw in two or whatever, right? I mean, because you, you can do that. So there are things that you can do um, stretch goal wise that are totally scale driven. And those are awesome mm-hmm. because frequently with scale, you get a one over X uh, decline in unit cost. And so you get to yeah. a certain point and you really can afford to, to the, the give trickiness, more value, give some of that back to the customer. The trickiness of that, right? Uh, and 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 I say, it depends on the, how you're doing the stretch goal. If you're doing it for like punch cards that go into a set or go along with your product and it's already included, that's I think you're absolutely right. I I would add a caveat of warning that anytime you add an add-on, a stretch goal that unlocks an add-on for purchase midway through your campaign, just go ahead and assume that ninety percent of people are never going to see that add-on. Right, because that's just going to say is you could think that's what people are going to want, but if they don't want, you may not get the, the economies that you're wanting. Well, and like right. like they've are, like you see most of your backers come in the first few days. Like that's just the reality. And so, and right. like Doug said at the very beginning of this, um, there's a huge chunk of those backers that pledge and then they walk away and they're like, "Let me know when I need to pay shipping. I don't want to see anything." Right. Um, right. And those people aren't coming back for your update when you said, oh, we unlocked an add-on and now you can get punch cards and it's five bucks. How, how exciting. They they lost that. The only way that you get those people back um, is see. through backer kit, right? When they have to go back in and pay their shipping and you're like, oh, by the way, did you see we got these these punch cards as an add-on? It's only five bucks. Why don't you add that on while we're doing shipping? You'll get a chunk of people that way. Um, but another great reason to not charge for shipping in your <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> so you have the, you have a second opportunity. But yeah, and that's that's probably a good another topic uh, yeah. to talk about with backer kit. The uh, because that, that's one thing I'm yeah. still not quite certain about. But I guess the other thing I was looking at is it, like say for Fane of the Fly God, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm not going to set my funding or not my my yeah my funding goal to the area where I need to break even mm. because I've already sunk costs into it. It's it's going to be a done deal, and it's really there's really no value in me just killing it for me mm. um so you know but the thought was and i don't know how value this would be is is to say at certain levels not that hey you're buying art but maybe now it's like okay now we paid you paid chema at this point now we played we paid dell at this point and it shows that maybe the kickstarter going out of the red and into the green i don't know if there's that's people care about or absolutely don't care about. You know, I, I've done stuff where uh, I have tried to make or or advertise higher pay to the writers and artists, uh, and mostly that's been good for uh warm and fuzzies rather than converting people to dollars or you know oh at 600 backers the writer's salaries go from five cents a word to six cents of course i raised all my author pay rates uh so now i i i'm paying pretty much what i pay 
to like a thousand back. I, I used to basically say, look, I'll take the number of backers divide by a hundred and that's how many, you know, to a floor, uh, that's how many cents a word that I pay. So at five, 500 backers, five cents a word, 700 backers, seven cents a word. So it's like profit sharing. Mm -hmm. um, but then I just decided to pay 10 cents a word flat out um, to sort of match Steve Jackson games and stuff. So there's not a, a choice that you have to make. Oh, do I want to accept a lower price for me versus them? Um, but anyway, the point was there is that I have not seen a lot of traction. And the one time that I did stretch goals or, or things that said, hey, half the money from this extra thing is going to St. Jude's Children Hospital, I sold one copy. So, so mm -hmm. I, I, I think the, the, you get off mission mm -hmm. or you try and sort of say, oh, well, you know, we're going to hug the world for the stretch goal. Uh, well, and I, people don't care. And I think, I think there, it, it raised another point, and I think this goes back to what you were saying when I was made to mention is like, I, I don't care if this PDF module is late. If they're offering six ones, I don't really care. And you're like, well, that's you. And what I realized too, you know, if I'm looking at stretch goals, um, this is what's hard or anything really add-ons whatever but i know what affects me but i don't know what really and i may be only a small percentage of the market so if i if i try and estimate you know what is a good stretch goal for me it may either be you know it may not be the same for other people but also like with you doug maybe your audience doesn't care but maybe but maybe another audience does and right you know and it could be demographics even there's some of that that's I think. what's hard it's tricky in that hard. way yeah. yeah i mean there's no substitute for knowing your market yeah right um <laughs> we gotta know, uh, you know, how do you know your market yeah well no i mean it, 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 it's it's either you have that knack where you just know what they want because you've got your your thumb on the pulse uh uh you know i like this and it happens that you that people like what you like and so your passion feeds into what other things that that people want uh, or your product. I remember, God, I can't remember his name, um, but he did real well for a while. He may still be doing real well uh, with, I think he called it the baby bestiary. Oh yeah. It, it was, it was all the monsters in the monster manual written up and presented as, you know, a, a, a tiny owlbear or a super little cute displacer beast, right? Whatever it was. It was so he, it was ridiculously fun, cute art from monsters that you've heard of before. And I think he made several, and each of them did very, very, very well. So he had it nailed, right? Mm -hmm. And this guy, so I, I met him at, at, at Gen Con, right? Like, you meet him, and you're like, oh, this guy's like a wrestler or a weightlifter or something. You got chiseled jaw. Big pack. I mean, you look at him, you're like, oh, he's a jock, not a gamer. But as we know, right, there are all types, especially in D&D yeah. world these days. But I mean, you look at him and you're like, this is not the gamer that I grew up with. Right? The gamers when I grew up, it did not look like that. Um, reminds me of my friend Ruben, who was like a freaking underwear model, like just that good looking, like Henry Cavill good looking. Super awesome. Loved anime. D&D &D player, you're like, I hate you with the fiery passion of a thousand times. <laughs> like, you walk down the road in any country, and all the women yeah. follow you, like like yeah. the Pied Piper. But he's also super cool and super nice, and you're like, oh, this guy could be like a total Richard, but he's not. Anyway, 
Um, I digress. I, the thing is, if you happen <laughs> to put your if you happen to put your finger on the pulse of the audience who's buying from you, that's amazing. And and if you can do that, then great. You know what the kind of thing that they want. Uh, the fantasy trip, just to talk, is very predictable about what they like. They like stuff. They like accessories. They like cards. They like minis. They like tokens. They love physical stuff that goes along <laughs> with your product. And when every time I have offered this, they have shown up with money to spend because they all started gaming as 18 or 20 year olds or 25 year olds in 1980 when it came out. And then it went away for 40 years and now it's back. And so they're like, I've got money to spend, whippersnapper. And I said I was like 10 <laughs> when they were 15, right? So I'm not that much younger than they are. Yeah. But but they have money. They're the best, right? They have something that they love, and they have the money to spend on it. And they're willing to do so as long as what you're offering makes sense. Like mm -hmm. when I said, oh, if we get to this point in my bestiary Kickstarter, I will make – a TFT version of this, but make no mistake, I can't just move it over because the cosmology of Cedri is very different than the cosmology of D&D &D or Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game. There are no active gods in Cedri. So, since all of my setting is based on the Norse gods are real, there's a rewrite involved. Hmm. Um, but I could do it, and they're like, well, yeah, but it's a really high goal and I know what you're doing, but yeah, I'm just not going to show up for that because what's in it for me. Well, but I think what's different here, Doug, is yeah. you, you create a product towards a particular group, but like I put out stuff. I have no idea who bought my stuff. <laughs> Find out. <laughs> Seriously. I, 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 Give me, two words advice. It's like the, the shortest sentence in the Bible, right? <laughs> Jesus wept. Find out. Find out who your market is. Who are you? Who are you? No. James, this, James this, is, this, this is why God invented the market research survey, people. <laughs> Ask the, them. What is it that they like? What do they do? See if you can find out who your audience is, because that way you can either do targeted marketing somehow, um, but, but as a producer of games, with a potentially multi-million person market out there in the fantasy role-playing game set. Because let's face it, there's a lot of D&D &D players out there, mm -hmm. right? And the, oh, if I can only get 1% of D&D &D is more or less a fallacy, but it just doesn't take that much. And the thing about zines is they're invisible. You really need to want them and go looking for them and whatever, whatever. Right. So putting something that is of interest to your buyer requires not the dissemination. It requires them to figure out – got to figure out who that is so that you can put it in front of them. That's... And I know that I'm bad at it, right? If I, I feel like I'm a good writer. I've got good layout. I, I can string stuff together, but I can't market as well as I need to. And it doesn't take that much. If I could double my audience, or mm. especially about two, two and a half times what I'm doing right now, I could never look back in my rearview mirror at a technology career that required a PhD to get there, <laughs> and I could happily publish games for the rest of my life and do as well or better. But until I hit that point, I cannot. Mm. And, and it just doesn't 
once you get into that 500, 1,000, especially that four digits, you've got a career in front of you. Hitting 1,000 yeah. people, is that's where the scale becomes magic. Mm-hmm. I think that's a topic for another one. I think we're it, it, it is, but I, I just want to. I mean, the, the important right. thing when you're talking about number, back to stretch goals, right? Let's let's talk the magic three. Yeah. Value, can you give people more for what they're doing, and that's a bit of a thank you. Number of backers, which is is what I'm doing interesting. Can I make it more interesting with stretch goals, and can I get more people to show up? because of word of mouth of that and that's where the marketing happens and then can i offer a an interesting variety of products that make people spend more money and making those available right away is to zach's point always the best and the more established you are the more important that is because Mm -hmm. the more that you have your audience half of the people are going to show up on day one oh yeah and that's where their short victorious war uh, with campaign length really becomes into it because you're going to get most of your audience as soon as they can get in front of a computer. Yep. Oh, Jeff is doing another <laughs> Kickstarter. I got to back that. And unless I'm on vacation and happen to miss it, I'm going to be in. I'm boring, right? I'm going to yeah. pay you your money. You can almost count on me. And that's it. I'm not going to necessarily talk about it. Oh, Jeff is doing another Kickstarter. Yay. But I'm not going to get in there and, and really do it because I'm your core audience. Mm-hmm. Right. So but but that that and so if you offer more things, I'm like, oh, look, here's a great opportunity to get Jeff more money. Um, yes, I like that. Me- I like the way, I like where you're going with this. Give Jeff right. more money. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's where it is. And, and, and I don't mean that in a in a in a Scrooge McDuck kind of way. Right, but, no. you know, the more that money that we do on this, the more we can do. So is that getting ideas and getting me more money? Well, I, I had one last thing, one last little yeah. tiny note for um for our for our discussion on on stretch goals, and I I think it's another really, gosh, the number of times that I've just really felt for creators when I see this happen. You, there's there's a formula that you, that you can do, and it's not an exact science, but you really need to know what your expected day one, day two, day three month numbers are going to be. And if you don't have an idea, the the smaller of idea you have on what that's going to be, the fewer stretch goals you need to have visible and the lower those stretch goal goals need to be. If you have zero idea, let's just say you're doing a little zine and you're going to say, oh, for 500 bucks, we're going to fund. Great. Awesome. I don't know if I'm going to fund or not. Um, I, I I have a hundred followers or I have 50 followers or whatever. I have seen so many people say, oh, well, our first stretch goal is at a thousand and then at 2000 and then at 5,000 and they launch and they claw their way over the, uh, off over the first week to that $500 goal. And they just sit because right. they, they jumped the gun. They, they, they were, they hit their funding goal, hooray, but they their stretch goals are just going to sit there for the rest of their campaign because they've already like overestimated the the hype for it, right? So one thing that I would say, and, and there's a couple, actually some, some Kickstarters, I'm not going to name names on this one, but there's some that are live right now that are the same way. Um, the absolute worst thing you can do is have a stagnant Kickstarter thing where you never hit a goal and you just sit there and the campaign looks dead to anyone that comes on throughout the entire campaign. You can't do any updates that mean anything because you don't have any stretch goals to unlock. Like it just sits there. Um, the, the next, so, so worst thing, number one, 
that. Worst thing number two is, because um, it just feels weird, is uh, I had a stretch goal at 500, and then I had a stretch goal at 600, and then I had a stretch goal at 700, and that's the ones that I showed. And then we blew past those in the first hour, and now all of a sudden I way underestimated the popularity. We're at $5,000 already. Oh, my next stretch goal is at $6,000. So we went from $500, dollars $600, $700 to now $6,000. Um you're going to get, I have got, I have seen people get a lot of flack for that in uh, in the comment sections of their things, right? Like, wait a minute. It's quite obvious that you were shooting for a low number. We blew past that. Did you just update all your stretch goals to, you know, just just twisted the dial to make them all bigger and, and farther apart? <laughs> Of course I did. Of course I did. Right, exactly. I'm, I, what I'm doing is I'm tweaking the ride, right? It's just, unfortunately, you can see me tweaking the ride in real time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but but I'm telling you, that is a better scenario than the first one, even even still. And yeah. the, the real... I, I, my ahead. suggestion in that case, I, I would just say, uh, if I had something that I'm like, oh, here's this little thing, and it's going to cost me $1,000 to do, and so, you know, I'll say, okay, I'll fund it 1000 or 1200 or whatever... Um, so that you know you can do it and not kill yourself. And I do I do this, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, I, I've I've missed, like <laughs> yeah, I've missed in a good way. Ten thousand people show up for for where something that's like, oh, I'm doing something for a buck, uh, whatever, uh, and it goes absolutely nuts. Let it, just let it. Just leave it alone. Do what you have. <laughs> do what you have. Don't try and chase it. You know what happens when you chase it? You get the Car Wars Deluxe, the Ogre Deluxe Edition, yeah. <laughs> which probably came close to bankrupting Steve Jackson Games. I don't know this, but they were just, this was in the early days of Kickstarter. And like, and we'll do this, and we'll do this, and we'll do this. Oh my God, we'll do this. We have to get in front with the stretch goals. And it almost killed them. Yeah. yeah. Um, the box got huge, blah, blah, blah. If, if it goes nuts, take that as a lesson. Do your homework and find out why, and then plan your victorious, your your victory march for the next project. Absolutely, Dag said it perfectly. Uh, but just take the win, do a dance, yeah. get a little love. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> um, get down tonight. But right, so so do your dance, and then plan for the next one. But don't don't try and chase the mob. There is um. There's a great one of my favorite updates that you can put out as a backer or as a creator when you when I'm following your project is you blew past all of our goals like you you backers did awesome you trounced us you've unlocked everything it's already day three we're gonna take the next week or two and really evaluate what we could do to like give you guys an attaboy like not saying there's not gonna be any stretch goals but we're not gonna start dumping stretch goals on you right now. But we got to go take some stock and kind of figure a few things out. I love that update. To me, it's it's exciting on all the right levels. It's I can completely forgive them. I also love the update. That's a weekend, and they're like, we're done. Like like it now. The ride's over at that point, right? Fair enough. I'm you know the the excitement's over, but the update that's like, hey, you guys blew past all the stretch goals that I had. Uh, I thought this would maybe take two weeks. It took three days. I don't really have a you know anything else to add to this, so right. thank you very much. Now, yes. <laughs> like uh, that's no, I, and there's there, no, I mean, and and there's nothing wrong with that. We no. had a mission, we achieved the mission. 
let's not make a new mission in the middle of the first mission, right? Yeah. Um, but but you know, there is the kind of thing where it's like, oh, you know, I was gonna do this zine thing, and I am. Um, but I've got a bunch of money uh, now, because um, that's what it is. And so, you know, maybe you you know you upgrade the paper, you throw on the heavier cover. You know, maybe you go back and say, hey, you know, I've now that I have this money. I'm going to go back to my artist and say, please colorize a couple pieces the art that yeah. you did. I've done that before. Yeah, that's um, nothing I was thinking of, too. Yeah, but the, that's, so that's like, the I, thing is, yeah, because I think what you do is you can have one is if you're relying on other people, it, it's like with going back to old school essentials. If they're doing modules, adventures, and they're hiring six other people or seven other people or whatever, that's more opportunities for somebody to flake out. Mm-hmm. and delay your thing but i think if you have somebody that's an artist that's fast reliable and can kick that out finish it up and then you know a few weeks after the kickstarter ends actually i want to know, jump in on one thing about that so let's say that i have a project that i expect to do ten thousand dollars and it does fifty thousand uh, dollars at that point i start writing checks to my authors and artists again right i i probably absolutely you know pay double or yeah, whatever. Just go ahead and right? do it. Yeah. You, 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 you almost have to, right? Because the, 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 I mean, yeah, obviously you don't have to have to, you know, they're, they act right. for a wage. But if the industry or if you're part of the industry is, is healthy enough, you will, by, by doing that, those people will want to work with you more. And people that you didn't think that you could work with will want to work with you. <laughs> so it, it is an absolute virtuous circle where if all of a sudden you find yourself with two or 3,000 people who are your adoring fans and you thought that you had a couple hundred, then as long as you can keep delivering to those, those crowd, you can and should plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, cautiously, because maybe you just got lightning in a bottle that one time, but if the next time you do it, you get the same crowd of people and they're like, oh, this is great, and instead of 2,000 people, you get 3,000, then now's the, now's the time where you can sort of invest. And that doesn't mean you don't pocket some of it, because you should. That's what success is for. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, you're allowed to win. Um, but yeah, you know, at that point, that's, that's where I like in my contract to say, you know, I've already I got a bonus clause. I say <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to. But, you know, I might. Um, and if I ever had a project that ran away, you, you better believe it. And they're, they're all, and, and to, to that point, like if I go to at least one of my authors, I can think of a couple of them um, who, you know, there's always this feeling, I think, in the crowd that there's a giant pile of money in the gaming industry that doesn't reside in Blizzards of the Toast that that we we're, we're we're just not talking about that it's like you know yeah you know i i can only pay a couple cents a word because the rest i shovel into my jaguar in the garage and, and that's just not the case unless you started with a lamborghini and had to right. downgrade to the jaguar <laughs> um but if, if you have something where you're like oh you know i'm making a hundred thousand dollars in profits on this but i paid my author's 500 that starts to get to the point where the undeserved rancor 
starts to be deserved. Right? If if I'm making that much right. money on on right. the downstream right. end, then I need my cost to to well, I need my payout. I think what happens is right. with small projects too. It's like you know, like Chema signed up. He's he's just charging a very reasonable rate for art. Now I've had other people charge me for the cover full market rate for the art. But if it does well enough, I'll go back and you know give Chema some more because right, 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 right. He, you know we weren't. I don't know that it'll ever do that well. But if it does, it's like you're right because he kind of is doing it with the expectation that it may not do that well, you know. And so it's it's so it's really right. It's in good faith. But I think we've we've uh, I think we've exceeded our <laughs> stretch goals. We've kind we've bloomed through them all. <laughs> We're gonna take a week or two, reevaluate, <laughs> yeah. and come back with some yeah, because. And to, be, and to be to be honest, I've not I've never done stretch goals for all my every single Kickstarter I've done I've never done a, a, a stretch goal, which means I haven't done it for two, so maybe for the third one I need to. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, you know, so so you know I guess what I was I mean I mean in in terms of planning, just to to not to do Minnesota goodbye, but in terms of planning, right? <laughs> what would you want your zine to look like if you had? No thought at all. If you were just going to do it and you had a giant pile of cash to I'm, do I'm, this I, zine it's, the it's way that you the wanted I, to. It's being the thing I want. It. It's going to be the thing I want before I even go to Kickstarter. So so if that's the case, then there's no point in having a stretch goal. Truly, there's not. Right? If if you're going to show up with the thing as good as you want it to be, you're, there's no extra money for paper. There's no color. There's no hardcover. Well, no, right. I'm right. Other than maybe paper, you're right. I'm not changing anything right. significant. Right. So, so if that's the way it is, then there's no point in in doing anything other than say this is what I'm doing and that's what it is, and then do the next one. Um, I, I that that's that that is that is my perspective. Uh, I'm sure that there are others who are like, no, you gotta try and feed the beast or whatever but i think if you're showing up with a product that's done honestly the only reason to do it via kickstarter is to take advantage of viral marketing yeah period yeah one thing you could just sell the damn thing what do you think exactly well i I'm, i'm considering the idea of like i have this book what i would do is i think i think by and large i agree with doug if i was going to do stretch goals for you though in this case i would do something weird and and by weird i mean like all right, so how many we don't we don't need to we I, I, it doesn't matter how many backers you had on previous Kickstarters, but you oh, have you go ahead and do that. Yeah, I don't know how many. Say. I don't know how many, but um, you know, so you had however many people backing scoundrels and other things, right? But your audience will hopefully cross your fingers get bigger with the next project, right? And those new people don't have scoundrels, right? That's yeah. the assumption. So what we could, what you could do is say, at these stretch goal marks, I'll start giving you PDFs of my other books. Because really, you're a zine guy, and that's the people that are buying it are zine guys. Like you, like Doug said, your uh, your uh, audiences, uh, in your your product zine products are invisible unless they're hunting for it. Um, yeah. So, but if you give them PDFs, that gives them flavor and taste, and it gives you know it adds value to the digital tiers and people that are looking in and saying, oh, I'm actually getting four. PDF zines doesn't cost anything more to you, and then the, all you're doing there is you're building up that back catalog. And I would tack on a, uh, you know, if you get to a certain amount, then uh, you you uh, uh, you can turn on add-ons if you want to for um, 
you know, physical copies of your books, or you can just leave it at PDFs. Um, but it doesn't hurt to say, oh, I'm going to start throwing in some scoundrels PDFs and, and kind of just hooking up people. And I'm going to make the value. And this Kickstarter isn't about adding a whole bunch of more stuff, but it's about getting my follower count up and getting my supporter count up. And I can do that if I'm offering instead of one PDF for five bucks at the end of it, maybe it's right. five, four PDFs for five bucks. So, so let me jump in and, and agree, but sort of with a limited reward selection, right? Um, stretch goals in terms of dollars are stretch goals in terms of backers, right? With a limited reward selection where you're not doing add-ons. So if you're like, I have a zine and it's $10 just because it makes the math easy. Uh, and my last campaign was 300 people. Um, I only need, I don't need 300 times 10. I don't need $3,000 to make it work. I can make it work on whatever. So I say, oh, if I get to, you know, my, my goal is this, if I get to 400 times 10, $4,000, which is a, you know, third growth, everybody gets that catalog for free, mm. blah, blah, blah. Thing is, you have to be careful with that. A better call for, than that is probably saying, my $10 pledge gets you the new thing. The $15 pledge gets you the new thing and half off the old thing. And the right, the $20 pledge gets you half off both old things, two two things ago, plus the new thing. And so that automatically segments and say, if you're planning on catching up, you can catch up all at once and it's a great deal. Yeah, I think for what I'm gonna do with Future and Madlands, I think that makes uh, more sense. And I think I'm gonna do a more traditional style for the Kickstarter of the future after after I get done with fame hmm. but but right. i think i'm going to i think i'm going to do more the maybe write extra pages but if the funds add them if they don't go into that one they'll just go into they'll the next go one. into the next one that's okay. the other thing is if you have the same format that you're doing over and over again then i'm writing and writing and writing and writing and writing uh, but the thing is is that um that's good but just remember that the market seems to only be willing to pay twice the dollars for four times the page count. <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's square root of page count in terms of the overall trend for price versus number of pages. So if you have a lot of pages that you have in hand, there's going to come a point where you actually right. lose money. So, so your stretch goal, make sure you plan this out. I, I have this many pages. I will get to this level and then I should stop. This was my bestiary problem, actually, uh, because I had as much as, as many as 256 pages I felt I could do. But affordability wise, I was like, I'm just going to start with, I was going to start with like only like 64 or so, but there was no way that I could print and pay the a big 256 page hardback at the price of a 64 or 32 page number it was going to be a very complicated thing yeah. and eventually i said i need to start bigger so that i can end bigger and still pay for it all but if you're like yeah my basic zine is 16 pages i wouldn't go past 32 
Yeah, I'm that's there will be a limit. So fame went right. out of control. So it's no longer a zine. It just <laughs> it's 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 past that point. I'm right, I'm, right, I'm, right, I'm, right, exactly. I'm acceptance. But I think well for the future ones there will be a hard limit. So whatever I'll do, it'll max out right. forty eight pages just, or whatever. You, you just got to plan it, right? You got you got to your spreadsheet food needs to be good. Uh, what happens if I barely make it? What happens if I go all the way? What happens if I get 10, 10x the number of 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 backers that I expect, you, you just got to do contingency planning and you got to figure out where your, you know, where your, where, yeah. where your wins are. Excellent. Uh, anything, any closing comments, Zach? No, I'm good. This is a fun discussion. We need to do this again. Uh, cause, <laughs> uh, I, I really, it's like, I think I say this every episode, so I, why not say it again? Like, I like coming on and talk uh, onto different shows and talking about, oh, this is what I'm working on. But I really like coming on and just talking about this side of things, like the industry yeah. and tactics and and how we how the back how the how the um, how it's all put together. Um, so this is absolute blast. Uh, thanks for hosting. Well, yeah, thank you guys for for, uh, for being part of this. Well, actually, I'll just try and get well, obviously, but try and get another one out here maybe in the next couple of weeks but uh i another reason i do these podcasts is really for myself so it may sound kind of vain but i actually <laughs> go back and re-listen to my podcasts uh, just because oh. i sometimes miss stuff and just like <laughs> I, I interview people because those are the people i want to talk to so it's it's definitely been it's always edifying for me as well so mm-hmm. uh, thank you gentlemen and, and until next time we'll see you later thanks for having me